With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Welcome to That's Good Sports. You're listening to a podcast. I'm a host. There's there's another guy here. He's a host. And we're going to talk about football today on this podcast because I'm supposed to tell you what we're going to talk about. And it's Denver Broncos coaching hires, uh, NFL news with Antonio Brown, Adam Gase, Kyler Murray, and then preview of the championship football games coming up this week. Uh, other guy, how are you doing? What's up, uh, my co-host, who will remain unnamed? That's right. uh, I was thinking we could start the show by doing our best Adam Gase impressions. Oh, that's uh, for anybody listening. You're just going to have to imagine it. But if you're watching <laughs> yeah. on YouTube, uh, this this could be an all right yeah. segment. Those of you that pay for uh, TGS Premium and get the YouTube <laughs> get podcast stream, this is just for you. This is just for I. We're going to do this right now. Your Five first? seconds. Okay. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> cancel! Cancel! <laughs> Abort! I don't even know how you make those Adam Gase eyes. I don't. I don't know how he made those eyes, but I guess we'll talk about it later. Has Has anybody referenced uh, the Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns? Uh, Gets the uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The injections and they think he's an alien. No, I think it, I think that's uh, that's for you to tweet before oh. anybody hears this. Nobody's memed it yet. Oh, that's my meme. Yep, you have uh, prima nocta on that tweet. I don't think that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's uh, isn't that when you sleep first, first rights? Yeah, isn't that yeah, when you that's... sleep with a, a virgin if you're a king before? Her husband uh, does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when that's like Braveheart where the king uh sleeps with every new bride before right. the husband gets to. Right. Yeah, which I don't know how that uh worked with my reference to Twitter and Adam Gase, but we'll keep going. Don't you think that would have like like I feel like that would have ended marriage? Just be like, whoa, 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 we're just living together, we're not getting married. Yeah. There's gonna well, be no yeah. prima nocta tonight. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no. I, th- I think. Well, I think. It, I think that's living in sin, technically, and that might even be worse. Wow. You just yeah, can't. You, you just, just can't, can't win back then. No. <laughs> no. Every, it really sucked. <laughs> if you think about it, like uh, the year. Well, let's just start from the beginning of time to about the year night. You know what? I think the the world sucks, actually. I was going to put a year limit on it, but I think everything sucks. Yeah, people are fucked up when you think about it. Like, Yeah, so I was going to say, like, nothing like that happens anymore, and it absolutely does. Yeah, like, you forget there's horrible shit happening all the time everywhere. Yeah. 
And that's that's why we're here to talk about football. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the usually the worst thing in football is much better than the worst thing you heard like from your local news that night. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing in football right now, <laughs> let me tell you, here's a segue, a beef between Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown. Brandon, why don't you set it up? Welcome to a new segment here on That's Good Sports called Who's Beefing? Sponsored by Traeger Grills. Love it. Love it. Um, is, is what I will say if we ever get a sponsor for this show and if it ever mm-hmm. is Traeger Grills who does sponsor sports shows. Um, Just think about be- it. Will didn't know. He didn't, he didn't know what a Traeger grill was. He didn't get the joke, which really not took a, away my confidence before I read that line. Not a meat guy. It's not even really a joke, but <clears throat> just a reference. You're not a meat guy? No, oh, I, mean, I mean, I eat it. I, I just clearly don't cook enough of it. You don't smoke it? No, I don't smoke it. Does your, does your, dad, does your dad grill a lot, or you guys go out to eat more? No, oh, I, I cook salmon. I'm a salmon guy, and I guess you, I don't know you if can smoke uh, salmon. you can, you can you? smoke some good salmon. It's fair. There, there's a lot of smoked salmon. You know, I'm going to go out and buy a Traeger grill as soon as they sponsor the show. Perfect. In I which case, you. I'll actually ask them for uh, a free one. Yeah, if they sponsor this show, I'll get you a free Traeger grill. Yeah, better. Um, yeah, so Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders getting into – a little bit of a Twitter beef that is uh, – okay, so last week, Emmanuel Sanders on NFL Network, he commented on the Antonio Brown stuff. Uh, he basically said Antonio Brown was acting like a bitch. Don't quote me on those exact words. That's not exactly what he said on NFL Network, but he was saying he was acting like a fool, okay? Does he so, look like a bitch? I don't know. I would never say that about another man. I've never, I don't, I don't even know what movie that's from. Uh, but Antonio Brown, and I guess uh, Bruce Arians, uh, oh yeah, Bruce Arians said this isn't the Antonio Brown that was drafted in 2010. So then mm. Antonio Brown goes on Twitter and he says, he didn't draft me, he drafted Emmanuel Sanders. Same guy who missed rehab to go on networks to talk about me on situation. He have zero clue, exclamation point. Arians now wears Kango hats. Kangoo, Kango hats and Kangle. glasses, laughing emoji. But I'm a diva, exclamation point. Should be a question mark. Done seeing it all the way. They say we friends. Stop lying. I don't, first of all, I don't like the insinuation that wearing glasses and Kangle hats makes you a diva. If so, then Bruce Arians and Samuel L. Jackson are the two biggest divas in the world, uh, along with maybe Spike Lee. And yeah. I, for one, I don't, I don't like that at all from Antonio Brown. That's really the only thing I take exception from. Uh, it's too bad because this looks like apparently the Antonio Brown trade, the hypothetical trade to Denver uh, wasn't as realistic as maybe yeah. it had been reported by reliable sources, such as Ian Rappaport of NFL Insider fame. Ian Rappaport. Uh, yeah, Rappaport. Yeah. On the on the list of names with Jimmy Garoppolo and now Rich Scangarello as names that there is actually no correct way to spell. No, no, it actually like it once you figure out the correct spelling, it changes. It's like the yeah, word every time. Uh, every time. I mean, I and the reason I, it's Kangol with an L, right? Is there an L yeah. in there? Yeah, it's Kangol. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So Antonio Brown had a typo in his tweet, spelled it K A N G O O. And that really tripped me up there. I'll tell you. <laughs> so, well, to be fair, uh, O is right above L on a keyboard. So. Oh, uh, yeah. That. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So Emmanuel Sanders responded with four laughing face emojis. Hmm. And said, you know damn one, well one I didn't travel to LA to talk about you, fam. You tripping, yo. I went to be an analyst in which you acting foolish was the topic, and I gave my analytical opinion. Get off the gas, yo. You did it to yourself. And yeah, so for anybody that does, yeah, if anybody doesn't remember, uh, they actually were drafted in the same draft in 2010. I think Sanders was drafted higher than Antonio Brown. That was the that was a great draft. That was Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, and Emmanuel Sanders, uh, all in one draft by the Steelers. Which Steelers is were like, we need pretty incredible wide receivers back. Yeah, but we're only going to re-sign one of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Heinz Ward's 80 years old, and we need some young weapons. Steelers have a good history of drafting receivers in because they they appear ready to lose Antonio Brown because Juju Smith-Schuster's been so good. So whatever they're doing with that, maybe hopefully Mike Munchak drafts all the receivers. He just doesn't. Yeah, I feel like Heinz Ward might still be on the Steelers. Like He could just be like the sixth guy. Like He only plays special teams, and we just don't notice him. I can believe that. Yeah, although I think he retired, like, did he retire before that Batman movie came out? Oh, the Dark Knight Rises? up the stadium? Yeah, because that was the most unrealistic part of the movie, not the stadium blowing up. The fact that Heinz Ward was the kickoff returner, and not only did he return the ball, he returned it for a touchdown. While the, the, the field first was crumbling behind him, right? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't, get, you couldn't hire Mike Wallace to do that, or Antonio Brown. Yeah, to get 40-year-old Heinz Ward, who's probably never returned a kick in his life. Yeah, well, I would have to – we would have to do some research to, to fact-check the time timelines there. Yeah, I like that one bit. Um, anyway, this looks like uh, if there was any hope that Antonio Brown was coming to Denver, uh, it doesn't look too good anymore. Maybe yeah. for the better, who knows, because uh, – if they did eventually coexist once again, uh, maybe this would have happened later in, in a locker room type environment, which Antonio Brown is not known to coexist well with his teammates uh, in such a place. So, you know, maybe it's for the best. Possibly. Um, let's see. Antonio Brown is due to make... Uh, like $20 million. Yeah, like 20 is the cap hit for him in 2019 is 22 million. Mm. Yeah, so this is his Yeah, this is a big year on his contract. Uh probably why the Steelers would be okay getting rid of him. But it's just yeah, like and why he's not going to get a first round pick in return. <clears throat> yeah, the fun, like the funny thing about this <laughs> is when Ian Rappaport like uh reported that um the Broncos might be interested in Antonio Brown. I just really liked watching Broncos fans response on Twitter. There's always just like the people like, Nope, mm. Nope. Don't want nope, that not a chance. in my locker room. Nope. Not at all. Never. <laughs> it's just like, mm. we have no room for a 1600 yard receiver on, on this team. Let me tell you. 
Yeah, yeah, you you wouldn't you wouldn't gladly take those fifteen touchdowns to go along <laughs> yeah. with his weird like. Outside of the fact that he may or may not have thrown shit off his balcony and almost hit a child, like okay, all right, oh, hand up. Who hasn't done that? <laughs> who has not done that? Yeah, like I only throw shit out my balcony if there are children outside. <laughs> it's called. But, called giving a gift people it's called getting them off your your yard you know it's called it's called donating to those <laughs> who are less fortunate than us like i don't Aggressive know his, dra- donation. his his drama to me seems manageable all the way like the, his biggest <laughs> fuck up was not was just uh walking out on his team the final week of the season and then assuming he was going to get to play on sunday and yeah which is fun. like that's like one of the worst things you can do as a teammate, right? But uh, there are questions there with Ben Roethlisberger. There are questions with Mike Tomlin as a head coach. Le'Veon Bell is obviously like shit's dysfunctional there. I'm not sure all of that follows Antonio Brown where he goes. I'm not saying the Broncos are the team that should take a chance on him. Sounds like he wants to play for San Francisco anyway. But uh, until like he does something that's unforgivable (laughs) Um, then like I'm always interested because look if if the Broncos took Antonio Brown and they weren't good and he was dramatic at least we would have shit to talk about you know what I mean at the very least yeah but at the very least what do I know yeah I I don't feel like he would have become a problem until like at least year three too yeah <clears throat> which at, at that time, I think that's probably an out year on his contract and you just move on. Yeah. It's the Terrell Owens experience. Uh, Dude, some, probably some team, lesser than yeah, in, terms, think, in terms of drama. I don't think he's as bad as, uh, as Owens. And I think some team, whoever gets him, their team's going to be better. And I would bet at least for one year that he is uh, really good on the field and probably – a really good teammate. Yes. Uh, maybe still chirping on, on social media, but I bet that he wants to prove everybody wrong. And then year two, maybe he goes crazy again because he already proved everybody wrong. That's my prediction. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. Um, another segue. Speaking of uh, the 49ers, <laughs> the Broncos hired their offensive – no, wait, fuck, I fucked it up. Uh, their quarterback coach, Rich Scangarello. Did I say that right? Yeah. And isn't like, it expected to hire? Or have they, they, it's still not I think a, it's official I, now. I think it's official. Did it happen? Maybe. Let's just say expected. Let's cover our bases and say expected. Yeah, we would not want to actually check to see if they hired him. No, no, no. Uh, expected to become the offensive coordinator. He was the 49ers quarterback coach last year. Uh, and did a really good job with uh, three quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, C.J. Beathard. And then I think he probably got this job specifically for the work that he did with Nick Mullins. Um, And this seems like a a forward-thinking move by the Broncos. He's the first assistant uh, slash any type of coach they've hired in a while that's not uh, at least 50 years of age. He's – I think like 42 years old. So uh, we've got a real youth movement going on on the offensive side of the ball. 
But a little bit of history on him. He was the coach at uh, – he was an assistant coach at UC Davis um, on and off from 1998 to 2008. Uh, UC Davis is, of course, where punter Colby Wadman played. Uh, and he graduated he, – he was born in L.A., graduated from uh, Sacramento State, which is uh, where Todd Davis played. Oh. So, yeah. And then uh, – uh, moved around here and there, and finally got the job for, with uh, Kyle Shanahan. And uh, it's weird how the Broncos get rid of Gary Kubiak, or not really get rid of him, but Gary Kubiak moves on, and they still somehow get a guy who's from that tree who coached under Kyle Shanahan. Right. It's, so it all kind of it all kind of twists back together. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be good or bad. Um, no, 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 not, not, a, not a clue. I, I, <laughs> I tried to, like, research uh, Rich Scangarello. Scangarello. He says it's Scangarello. Um, I'll, I'll trust him. But it, like, it's really boring. Um <laughs> like his wikipedia page is like two lines yeah like trying to research coordinate like i don't know man you got to exp- you got i think you have to believe that he w- if you were coaching with kyle shanahan he's got something there that broncos fans should be excited about because kyle shanahan doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would employ uh idiots or people who no couldn't contribute to the complicated system he wants to run. Uh, Kyle Shanahan also not fond on letting his coaches interview with other teams. Uh, yeah. It felt like they were blocking him for about a week. They blocked him. I'm guessing maybe John Elway called uh, John Lynch and was like, Hey, remember when we gave you one of our uh, personnel people? Uh, You kind of fucking owe us back for that. Um, (laughs) That's a guess. But also, uh, Matt LaFleur's brother is on the 49ers roster, and he wanted to interview in Green Bay to join his brother. I'm surprised he's not a head coach somewhere already. (laughs) Yeah, Shanahan said, no, you're not interviewing to play with your brother. So uh, maybe we're lucky to get him, or maybe Shanahan wanted to think that the Broncos wanted – Shanahan wanted the Broncos to think that he wanted to keep – Scangarello, when he really yes. wanted to get rid of him the whole time. Ah, I don't know. Could be, could be a chess move. Very duplicitous. Uh, again, to to go back to your earlier point, I have no idea if it's going to work out either way. Uh, but another addition to the uh, Mile High Mafia that's being yes. assembled and the yeah. coaching staff. Um, do you think? Kubiak leaving was a good thing because the the funny thing is like and don't get me wrong I'm guilty of this too but we expected Vic Fangio to bring in Kubiak as like this weird offensive coordinator role that everybody said was going to happen and when Kubiak decided to move on I think we were all a little bit relieved that the Broncos offense was going to get some sort of change because it clearly wasn't working, you know, in his second year. But then with him coming back, we are all like, 
oh, cool, Kubiak will get his offense going again and everything will be good. And then he decides to leave and we go right back to saying, well, his offense wasn't that good. It's just like we, we just want to praise whoever's going to stay with the Broncos and believe anybody who's gone is, is for the better. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, no, I'm, I'm uh, definitely a culprit in that if – they were going to keep Gary Kubiak. I would talk myself into it being a good move. <laughs> right, right. And then after he leaves, uh, I've decided that it's definitely for the best. And yeah. uh, while I appreciate his experience as an offensive coordinator, uh, that ship has sailed. And we're into a, we're into a new modern age uh, of, of football offense. And that's, that's where I am right now, unless he ever comes back. <laughs> in, in which case, it'll be the, uh, the glory days again. Yeah, that'll be the best thing we could do. On it, yeah. like, I was okay with it. And then when I heard he wanted to bring Rick Dennison back, I was oh, like, Oh, yeah, no, that was bad. That was and bad. It, and, like, I don't want to shit on Rick Dennison because in the 90s, he did a lot of great work here with the Broncos. He's yeah, and he also, he also took the, um, the, the 2017 Bills offense to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, for for what their <laughs> offense was, he got he did get him there, uh, but it was just like I just did not want them to go in that direction. And now knowing that they they hired Mike Munchak and Rick Dennison is going to Minnesota to be their offensive line coach, like if Kubiak was bringing him here, like that might have hurt the Broncos' chances of actually getting Mike Munchak. And I think. Munchak's a, a big upgrade right now over Dennison. Uh, even if, like, say they're the same as far as a coach goes, you're, we're going to have to assume that Mike Munchak is better at evaluating offensive line talent. And that's been, like, the huge, right. I think, issue for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the Broncos. Well, yeah, and you've got – if you just look at last year uh, with the Steelers' offensive line, not only the, the obvious, which is three of their – basically – the entire left side of their offensive line plus the center. So you had um, Alejandro Villanueva makes the Pro Bowl. He's the left tackle. The left guard, David Acasio, makes the Pro Bowl. Uh, and then the center, uh, is it Marquise or Mike Pouncey? One of them. I'm going to say Marquise Pouncey. I think Hopefully I'm right. I think okay. Mike's yeah. in L.A. or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he makes the Pro Bowl too. Uh, so obviously you've got the accolades there that are a credit to Mike Munchak's name and he made it work without Le'Veon Bell. It didn't feel like they were skipping uh, a beat with James Conner back there. Uh, and even when James Conner went out, they were able to run the ball reasonably well. And that's a testament to the offensive line. Yeah. <clears throat> um, again, it's, I think, until you get the right personnel in there, it's always kind of a, a crapshoot, but I'm going to err on the side of Munchak being able to help the Broncos, one, draft players who are actually going to be good offensive linemen and better assess correct free agent offensive linemen to, to bring in. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and take a guy like Garrett Bowles, who's been an up-and-down player, and hopefully make him more consistent. Because as, yeah. as long as Garrett Bowles is consistent, and I say that meaning consistently, uh, you know, good and not consistently holding or just consistently bad, uh, then I think it's worth it. Like, if you can get Garrett Bowles to hold 50% less, then <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're immediately a much better offense. Yeah, and maybe, 
maybe they're able to draft a left left tackle and move Bowles over to left guard. Sure. Yeah. I mean, no, whatever. Everybody works. talks about how athletic and strong Garrett Bowles is, right? And usually, play him want, a tight end. Yeah, <laughs> a tight end. Usually, you want your athletic players like at tackle, but maybe he just needs to be like a mauler, like a guard is. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. less thinking, and you just have one guy. You know, you're basically. Well, I guess you you can pull as guards. Maybe that's not a good idea. I don't know. You definitely can pull his guards. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I know what the fuck I'm talking about with the offensive line. Yeah. Next. Next. Okay, last question, though. With all the Italian-American coaches on the coaching staff, uh, are the Italian players going to get, uh, you know, favoritism? Yeah, well, I think Troy Fumagalli just became exactly what I was going to say. Player yeah. for, uh-huh. for all the coaches. Um, yep, they're gonna treat him like he has all ten fingers and play him. <laughs> I think uh, it'll be interesting if the Broncos have any healthy tight ends next season. That could be a big game changer for that offense. Yeah, no, as, as long as uh, Jake Butts ACL doesn't melt into lasagna by you know week three again. Is it? Did he tear the <laughs> other ACL or was it the same knee? No, it was the other one. Okay, but I think yeah, he's yeah. torn it before because that was the third time. He, he tore it in high school, uh, uh, and then I believe he tore it in that bowl game before he declared uh, or after he declared. I don't know. Yeah. Well, hopefully, then, hopefully they'll use like a, a cadaver, like Achilles yes. for his. I think that's yeah. what I have in my knee is that an Achilles that they put it. I don't know. They take something. I don't know. It, it makes no sense to me. John Elway played without one of his ACLs and he did fine. Yeah. He played his entire career without an ACL is why he was the best quarterback to ever do it. Yeah. No, they seem like they're useless. Yeah. And they just, just have them removed. Like when Ronnie Locke cut off his pinky and now just get rid of it. It's just slowing you down. Sure. Elway can barely walk now, but that's okay. Yeah. That's not important. Not important. It does. It, it is weird to me that uh, Elway and Montana were both bow-legged, and the best quarterbacks, the two best quarterbacks of the '80s. Hmm. Oh, that. Well, that. Who's the most bow-legged quarterback in this year's draft? That's what we got to find out. <laughs> that's. That's. Uh, it might be Kyler Murray. People talk about hand size. They talk about height. They talk about nope. arm strength. We nope, got to nope. find the bow-legged dude. I want the curvature of your legs. Yeah, give me just – not and not a big curve. It's a slight curve. No, 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 no. Yeah, I want uh, – everybody's bringing out their rulers to measure, yeah, the hand size. No, uh, I they're want the straight your line no, 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 no. from your thigh to your ankle mm-hmm. and what is the the length from yeah. that line to your, your inside of your knee. If I'm if I'm a scout for an NFL team and I'm and I'm in the market for a quarterback, I'm packing a protractor and nothing else <laughs> nothing for the else. combine. Nothing else. This guy looks like he's been riding a horse for seven days. That's my quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he's gonna drop back so quickly. <laughs> I have no idea how out. that helps you. We figured yeah. it out. Yep. No. Um. I guess this is a, a good opportunity to. Uh, segue into the NFL portion of the show and talk about Kyler Murray oh, yeah. who has officially declared for the NFL draft uh, despite speculation that uh, despite winning the Heisman this year uh, 
and, and playing in the college football playoff, he was going to go play baseball with the Oakland A's after being drafted in the, the first round of the MLB draft. So my question for you, Brandon, uh, <laughs> personally, I don't know. Uh, we're not going to – I know you're not a, a huge college guy, but if you were in Kyler Murray's shoes, uh, would you rather play football or take the baseball path? Um, Obviously, with football, you've got uh, the injury concerns that baseball's most likely not going to give you. But you're going to have you're going to make money quicker, uh, and you're probably you have a better chance of being a, a megastar as a quarterback in the NFL as opposed to toiling in the minors for a season or two, uh, and then being on, you know, the Oakland A's. Which uh, you know, let's be real, they're not the the marquee franchise in major league baseball right now. Yeah. I mean, also, didn't he like ask them, didn't he ask the A's for like $14 million? Like they were going to pay him five. And I think for him to play for them, he wanted like 14 million guaranteed. Yeah. Start. <laughs> the Oakland A's uh, are not known for uh, dishing out a lot of money to players. No, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, there was a movie about it, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then a book. Yeah, a book that Jonah <laughs> that was the order. So, yeah. um, what it's okay? It's a, it's a prequel to to uh, mid nineties. Yeah, which I watched. Was, <laughs> I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Did you? I loved mid nineties. Uh, wow. But that's. I mean, I was. 90, I was. A, kid. I was a skateboarding kid in the nineties. So. <laughs> And, like, I was into it. So, uh, it's the un- unauthorized Brendan per- Perna biography. So if I could talk to Kyler Murray, I would say pick up skateboarding. Uh, you're obviously yeah. the right size to be a great skateboarder, athletic enough to do it. Um, the thing, it's hard because everything I know now about head injuries, I would tell him to go fucking play baseball. <laughs> I yeah. would say, just, just do it. Um, just don't even risk scrambling your fucking brains. All the money in the world's probably not worth it. But as somebody who one wants to see a short, a truly short quarterback succeed in the NFL, I want to see him. <laughs> I want to see him play football, and I will be. I will be his biggest fan. Like they say, he's actually like five nine. And he's yeah, he's listed he's listed officially as 5'10", 195, and I do not believe that for a second. So he's basically, I mean, I think my dad's like five eleven, and well, no, he he's lost some weight though, so he's now like I don't know one seventy, but he was like one eighty five, one ninety, so he's probably like my dad's size, I feel like, if not just shorter. Um, but I start I tried to watch like some of his highlights and shit today. And uh, he looks like he's pretty good. Um, it's true. It's true. For I mean, he's got the arm strength. I saw his efficiency rating was tied with uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Tua, what's his name? Tua Tagovailoa. Tua yeah, Tagovailoa. First time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they both had like the highest efficiency rating in college football. Um, which was like the same as like Baker's May- Baker Mayfield's the last two years. So my question that I, 
I put on Twitter today is like, somebody just needs to take a picture of him standing next to Baker Mayfield. And if they look similar in size, then he can, he'll fucking ball out in the NFL. Uh, well, I think, I think the more concerning part is because this is kind of what people said that dropped Russell Wilson into the third round. Uh, and the, the main thing, like you ask, like, why is it bad to be uh, – like you understand why it's probably not great to keep drafting six, eight quarterbacks uh, in the NFL, and it's because they're just super immobile uh, and their release takes forever. But the only like complaint about short quarterbacks really is that they can't see over the offensive line and my question is, like, he played – it's not like he played at, like, some small school where all the offensive line are uh, – offensive linemen are, are really small. It's not like he played at Air Force or something where they run, like, a, a zone scheme. They just have these super athletic offensive linemen that aren't very big. He played at Oklahoma. And the average size of an Oklahoma offensive lineman is probably not <laughs> much shorter than the average uh, offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. So, if he didn't have any problems seeing over those guys, I don't – think it, it's going to suddenly become a problem when he when he uh you know enters the league yeah i, I think, think the, the real concern is his durability uh as it relates to his size more right. specifically like his weight and his uh, ability to put on weight so what, it doesn't look like he has a very big frame yeah what, what i would look at one is his is his injury history in college which i don't know well, it's it's only one year because he only played for one year. Oh, he only played one season. Yeah, because he was behind Baker. Uh, oh, that's okay. Um, I also I heard Russell Wilson talk. Uh, I think he was talking about him and you know being a, a shorter quarterback. Wilson basically said, you know, all the all all the offensive linemen are like six seven, so really nobody can fucking see over him. He said, yeah. but you know, it for him, it's about seeing through lanes and the, the depth you get on your drops. Like when you're standing a few yards behind the guy, you can see, you know, the, the field fairly well. And he said, it's more about having, you know, a better understanding of the game where your guys are going to be. And, you know, seeing where they are has never been like a, a problem for him. The same thing, you know, with like Drew Brees uh, in that department, we, we saw a guy like Doug Flutie play in the NFL at a, at a, you know, fairly decent level. Um, so like the, the height doesn't worry me at all. The, the, the build really doesn't worry me that much either because like one, the NFL made a huge shift in making quarterbacks even more protected this year. <laughs> like that whole body weight rule should not, should take away a lot of fear <laughs> from that guy ever getting hurt because his biggest chance I think of getting injured uh, besides like a 300 pound, well, it's not, it's, the guys that usually get you that hard are like 250 driving you into the ground. That would be your biggest concern. The other concern would be like tearing, tearing his fucking ACL on a, a run. And that could happen to anybody. And if you look at the quarterbacks who've been hurt, uh, over the years, this size, I feel like is irrelevant. I mean, Andrew yeah. Luck injured his shoulder snowboarding. We learned, and he's six, four, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, the guys who get hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, has Russell Wilson never missed a start? No, like he's never missed a start. Uh, Drew Brees, uh, when's yeah. the last time he missed a game? Um, you know, I don't know. So I, I wouldn't be worried about those things. It's like 
I feel like if the guy plays college football really well and he does the things you want to see at an NFL level, then you can probably make it work. Uh, yeah, so the question – I think everybody has kind of uh, started to catch on that you know, we need to stop um, using height as a barrier – uh, to drafting these quarterbacks in the first round. The question is like, how high do you draft them? Are, do you give any, <laughs> do you give any credence to the people saying that Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury would trade Josh Rosen and take Kyler Murray with that first pick? Uh, I mean, that would be funny if he did, but I think they, I think, I think he officially said he would not do that, that he's excited about Rosen, but um, do I give that, like if if the Broncos took him at uh, ten, I would be cool with it. It would be interesting. We we would have the shortest, uh, the shortest backfield, I think ever. <laughs> got little him. Lindsay, little Murray, throw yeah. Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders out there, and we got the dream team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the under six foot all stars. Yeah, I want an entire offense under six feet, except for the linemen and tight end. I, I'm yeah. Well, and Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I think like all you need to do is, like, I mean, I think C.J. Anderson's a good example of people like saying he's too fat, and then he just goes out there and fucking has like three of the best games of his career in a row. So like yeah, I'm no, I'm excited for a new wave of fat running backs. Yeah, like I mean, I think someone's gonna yeah bring like Ron Dane back into the league, like or like draft his son or something. I don't know. Like, can the guy play? Put him out there. I don't care if he's five ten or six four. Just if he can throw the fucking football to a receiver and make some plays with his legs, I'm excited. At this point, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, it, it does help. I think you'd have to wonder whether he would have declared in a year where uh, it was a stronger quarterback class. And maybe it was last year. He probably doesn't get, um, you know, he probably doesn't get drafted in the right. first round, especially before Baker Mayfield uh, had success as a guy. He's not short, but he's 6'1". And usually you don't see those guys get taken with the first pick, and that kind of changed everything. Yeah. So now when you get like, you know, you get that guaranteed money of being a first round pick that changes the thought process for him. Yeah, so, I'm sure. It's understandable. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like, yeah, we got I got to look at more quarterbacks, but you know, Oh, again, we have to crunch some serious tape. I'm going to, I'm going to be rooting for the shortest man in the draft. Just like I do every year. <laughs> Uh, so should we talk about some uh, real football games that are going to happen? Uh, yes, please. Let's do it. What, 72 hours from now? From when you're – my dog's making a guest appearance on the show. Oh, hey, God. He's, he'd be the shortest quarterback in this draft. Um, all right, let's start with the Rams and the Saints because that's the first game on Sunday Morning. afternoon. Yeah. Morning. Er- <clears throat> Early afternoon. Yes, my dog sneezed. Uh, so going back to week nine, the Saints won this game 45-35. to 35. They were up 35-14 in the first quarter, and then uh, they let the Rams back into this game. 
Uh, and then the Michael Thomas touchdown happened where he scored a long touchdown, right. pulled out the cell phone like Joe Horn. This is a pretty exciting game. I'm, I'm excited to get part two of it. I think the big reason uh, we want this rematch is for the, the Sean Payton-Marcus Peters feud that's going on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I didn't know about that. What is it? Okay, yeah. Well, it's in the video for the AFC uh, and NFC championships. But after the game, they asked Sean Payton about uh, the matchup because Tlaib wasn't playing in that game. Oh, right, So right. They had, the Rams had Marcus Peters traveling to cover Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas had 211 yards plus that one touchdown in that game. Uh, so someone asked Sean Payton about that. And he said, yeah, uh, we saw that they were traveling, traveling Peters to Michael Thomas, so he kept throwing the ball. Uh, it's like, we like that matchup. A lot. And then some <laughs> some narc uh, for, like, the L.A. Times went over to Peter's locker and was like, yeah, well, do you hear Sean Payton said this about you? And then he's like, yeah, Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. Uh, we'll have a nice bowl of gumbo together. So they're getting that. Uh, and then, you know, Marcus Peters this week tweeted, like, it's, a, it's gumbo week, something like oh, that. Nice. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see this. Uh, Marcus Peters is a bit of a loose cannon. Yeah. As we saw last week with him yelling or doing something at a fan. Yeah. But I'm no, – no, no. Last week he, he got into it with Amari Cooper. After, oh, right, 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 right. A couple yeah. weeks before that, uh, he called a, a, a fan a square amongst a bunch <laughs> of other words that I can't say. But okay, uh, he, he, he went up to the stands telling that guy he would fight him. The one thing I've learned about Marcus Peters and – He's not as good of a corner as I thought he was. <laughs> no, no. He was uh, – he's never really been a good corner. He just gets a lot of interceptions because he takes a lot of chances. Yeah. He's uh, also gotten a lot of really lucky interceptions. Because wasn't that – wasn't the, the first Cowboys touchdown was Mar- – I feel like Marcus Peters was supposed to be covering Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper was wide open. Yeah, and that was the easiest touchdown of all time. Yeah. Uh, the good news is the Rams will just put Aqib Tlaib on Michael Thomas. Yes. So yeah, that Marcus kind of solves Peters that problem. Can talk that shit because after Michael <laughs> Thomas, there's not like a ton of rec- he's gonna was they gonna put him on Ted Ginn? Yeah, uh, easier to talk that shit when you're covering uh, you know Traquan Smith. Yeah, like Austin which, Carr. <laughs> which I wouldn't put him on. The, I would put Peters on Ted Ginn because even if. Even if Peters doesn't cover him, there's a good chance Ted Ginn will drop the the wide open pass. Yes. Um, so I, I was, think okay, I was good. thinking about this. Uh, Ted Ginn is considered a bust because he got drafted in the first round by the Dolphins in like 2007. God, he's but he's for still in the season. NFL. Yeah, yeah. and he's, he's still so in the fast. NFL. So fast. Just yeah. That's um, what I. If I could just redo things, I just uh, I just run a lot of sprints and become a really fast wide receiver and play 15 years in the NFL. Yeah, this game, oh, man. This game's going to be fun. Not Okay, so let's just, like, the, the, I think the, the coverage could be a little bit of an issue for the Rams, and I also think what I've noticed with Jared Goff is out of all the quarterbacks remain, he is maybe – at times, the least accurate. <laughs> like he's, he's <laughs> I feel like he's a streaky quarterback where there are a couple games this season. I was like, that's, that dude is not, he's not a good QB. 
Yeah, he has, he has the, yeah. That, that right. Chiefs game, he was fucking on that night, and uh-huh. he was putting the ball where it needed to go, but there was, a, there was throws in that game. There was some throws I saw in the 49ers game where he just fucking missed wide-open receivers. Um, so I think that against the Saints could be an issue if he's got to go, like, score for score with, with Drew Brees or something. Yeah, and there's no, there's nothing on the Rams' defense really that makes you think that that's not going to happen again. Uh, because as good as Aaron Donald is, and obviously uh, my my dog keeps interjecting. So hey, you need to be quiet, okay? You need to be quiet. You know, play time's over. Um, as good as Akeem Talib is coming back, <laughs> he's growling at me. He does not like when you talk about Talib. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, fuck, what was I saying? Uh, um, Akeem Tlaib, yeah, they still let up 45 points in the first game, uh, and that's a lot. And I think Jared Goff, out of the four quarterbacks that are left, has the biggest chance to uh, – I guess the biggest chance to have, like, a really bad game, which uh, it happens in the, in the you know championship games a lot. Like, yeah, like, if you just look at – feels like there's always a quarterback that has, like, like a big like three to five turnover game it's just like quarterback play in the playoffs drops significantly yeah even this playoff run so far like drew Brees and tom brady i think were the two qbs who passed for like over 300 yards last week uh but like every win seems to be kind of like these grinded out type games where the quarterbacks are passing for like 280 yards and maybe one touchdown. Uh, but yeah, I think Goff maybe has the best chance of fucking his team over. Um, yeah. The saints, uh, all I really want to see if they can figure out a different way to get Taysom Hill, the ball this week. Um, because they tried, they, they had him like in three or four <laughs> crazy plays and like you wrote in the, the episode, <laughs> he threw a touchdown pass that was called mm-hmm. back. And Drew Brees should have caught a touchdown pass. Yeah. Drew Brees went back to back plays. Drew Brees went like Joe Flacco and just yeah. threw another pass to a quarterback and didn't do a great job with it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, man. Like, would you I feel like Taysom Hill should be starting somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, he's a bulldozer. Like, if you saw him uh, take on, like, those guys, like, Eagles linebackers, he was just shoulder charging them. Uh, no, he's weird. He's – it's like a it's like a Steve Young sort of dynamic where – I don't know. I don't know how he'd be as a starting quarterback. Yeah, because he, he feels like Tebow, but it looks like he can throw But he's got, like, decent mechanics. Yeah. yeah. It'd be he's interesting. throw to Kamara. Uh, I think Sean Payton's going to use him as a personal protector this week uh, against Marcus Peters on the sideline. Uh, yeah. Just like kind of like as a bodyguard. I don't know. Like I, I still think that like he's – I'm sure the, the numbers bear out that like he's pretty efficient when you give him the ball. Uh, but I don't know. I don't like the idea of taking the ball to Drew Brees' hands in this big game. Right. Uh, in this big of a game because – like what happens if like you let Hill pass and he throws an interception 
or he fumbles the ball or you throw to him and he drops a pass and then, you know, someone grabs it and picks it off. Like, there's just a lot of weird things that can happen uh, with a guy who's kind of positionless that you just rather trust the guys who get paid to do one thing to do that uh, in a game like this. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, you know, <laughs> Sean Payton could just be using him as a decoy at this point to say, like, well, you've got to spend this much time to prepare for him in, in the event that we do use him. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like giving the ball to Drew Brees right now. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that's obviously the uh, smart thing to do. Um, yes. I guess, like, for me, I think it – I don't know – if the Saints will be able to stop the Rams' run game. Um, yeah, I mean, as much as we were talking about Jared Goff, like if they can do something like they did against the Cowboys, uh, where he's kind of just like – he's not irrelevant, but like he just needs to make like three to five uh, decent throws in the game and, and you're fine. And he does. Like he All makes right. plenty of throws every yeah, game. He does. He just, he just kind of – he baffles me a little bit. Like – yeah, we're not Sometimes talking about him like, like he's, he's really bad. good. And other times, like, he's just not that good. Yeah, no, no. We're not talking about him like he's a, he's a bad quarterback that's, like, holding the team back. It's just like he has the potential to, to throw three interceptions on the road. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I don't feel that way about Brady, uh, Breeze, or Mahomes. Yeah. Currently. And if you say that about Mahomes, it's true because we know how you feel. Yeah, about well, he's not on the road, so. <clears throat> Although um, it's going to be very cold. Very cold there, but – so we've heard. Yeah, I did not expect the Cowboys to give up uh, over 200 yards rushing. Um, I love the combination, too, of C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley yeah. because they are completely – they have completely different running styles. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and Gurley's also such a threat catching passes out of the backfield. Um, and the Eagles run – like, if there was a weakness on the Eagles' offense – it, this season it's the consistency you know from their their running back production there so yep i'm not sure this the saints will be able to slow that down and if the rams can do that again like i don't know how the saints can beat them other than just throw touchdowns at every yeah, yeah no having cj there to to run, run up the middle then Gurley stretching it out feels like uh basically the perfect one two punch at this point, it's just a matter of because uh, if they get down big like they did in the first game, that, that's not going to be an option for them. And they're going to have to throw their way back in with Goff, which then you could see the potential for disaster. Right. Because the Saints defense has also been pretty good for the entire yeah. season. So it's it'll be it's just a good matchup. It is. It's basically all you could ask for in a NFC championship game because. argue second or third best right up there with them so uh i don't know i guess i'm gonna pick the saints because they're at home and because of drew Brees. but uh i don't care who wins that game because i'll be happy to watch either one of them in the super bowl i am going to take the rams Ooh, doggy. i think yeah i i think um Michael Thomas aside, uh, Drew Brees has kind of slowed down a little bit. So <laughs> week, like, I don't know, for like the last six weeks, let's say, that he's actually played. 
Uh, and I think Tlaib being back is a huge deal, and that no, makes it a lot easier on the defense. Uh, and they've got fast linebackers too. Like I, I trust a guy with, like Corey Littleton to make sure that uh, Alvin Kamara doesn't have an insane game against them. Um, I think it's a toss-up though, and I'm going to go with the Rams. All right, you got the Rams. I got the Saints. Patriots, Chiefs. Uh, so Patriots, Chiefs. They played in Week Six. Uh, that was the Sunday night game. The Patriots won forty-three to forty, and um, I expect this to be a lot lower scoring. Uh, when you throw in the cold. Too. I, I think that plays obviously a big factor. But Brandon, you've been talking about all week how you, there's no other choice but to root for the Chiefs in this game. And uh, I, I just want to hear your opening argument for that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Will. Here is the goddamn thing. I cannot, I cannot sympathize with any football fan who wants to see the Patriots go to their ninth Super Bowl since the year 2000? Or who wants to see them in another Super Bowl, specifically this year when they've been in three of the last four fucking Super Bowls? Even if you don't hate the Patriots, you have to be sick of watching the goddamn Super Bowl with the Patriots in it. Like, I just want to see a different style of game because – when you play the Patriots, you're forced to play the way they do it. And the reason the Eagles were able to beat them is because Nick Foles had the game of his, his life, game of his career, and was able to outgun you know the, the Patriots offense, which just eviscerated Los Angeles last week. You're using uh, those big Stephen A. Smith words. And I don't want fucking Tom Brady – to get more credit for doing the easiest quarterbacking job on earth right now, which is throw to a just the, the Chargers game. I saw somebody like uh, tweet out this thing. It was like, they said he was done. They said he couldn't throw anymore. And it was literally the one good pass Tom Brady made in the game, which was a, a good pass to, to Julian Edelman, equally a, a great catch. But like, all he does is understand which receiver's going to be open. Which Usually James White. James White or Julian Edelman, and they're wide fucking open every play. And I just don't, I don't want to see that matchup. Uh, and, and I know I Broncos fans hate the Chiefs. I get that. I'm not saying you have to stop hating the Chiefs. I'm not, staying, I'm not saying that at all. doesn't mean you love the Chiefs. And this argument I've been getting on Twitter, too, it's like, you're not a Broncos fan if you're rooting for the Chiefs. That's a division rival, bro. That's a division rival. What does that mean? It means they play the Chiefs twice a year. Who gives a fuck? They haven't won a Super Bowl since 1969. 19, I, I don't care if they, they get there. And the other argument is, I'm going to root for the team to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. If the Patriots get to the Super Bowl, they've got a much better chance of winning that game than they do losing it. I don't give a fuck who they play. Uh, especially this season, especially if Tom Brady's bitching right now saying everybody thinks they suck. He is as emotionally whiny as ever, and that makes him dangerous. 
Yeah, we've got uh, Tom Brady telling Tracy Wolfson uh, that everybody thinks we suck in a game where they're favored by four. Uh, and, yeah, we've got Julian Edelman selling shirts that uh, say bet against us. Bet against us. And here's the other thing. Andy Reid. How do you root – who – like – the only thing Andy Reid has ever done, besides being a pretty damn good coach in the NFL, is tolerate people making fun of his weight. He's been a, a good sport in letting people make fun of him. How many people, how many, like, like come on. He's, he's, been, he's been nice. He's a nice guy. He deserves another chance at a Super Bowl. Regardless yeah. of what the stupid team is he coaches. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll give you my argument. Uh, I think uh, we can toss out um, the Super Bowl as either way. Of course, uh, you and I and anybody that that roots for the same team that that we do will be rooting for the NFC regardless, regardless of whether it's the Saints or the Rams. Yes, that's a foregone conclusion. Uh, my point is, and this is my ma- this is my one main point that I-, I think is strong enough. What's the difference between going to <laughs> eight Super Bowls and nine Super Bowls? What's the difference to Patriots fans? Are they going to get more obnoxious? I don't think it's possible. I don't think they physically can. I, I don't think uh, they- it's already switched up to ten. It can't go to eleven. Uh, and maybe I get proven wrong, but I, I don't know. You give those Chiefs fans one Super Bowl, and they'll never be the same. They'll never be the same. They're already horribly obnoxious. It'll, it'll get ten times worse. And so I would rather face the enemy that I know in Patriots fans uh, than, the, than the enemy that I do not know, which is Chiefs fans. I think they'll be much worse. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to give them an inch. Patriots fans, there's always the chance – for the Patriots to lose in the Super Bowl, and that is always the three times that it's happened uh, in my lifetime, actually four, because I was born uh, right before the, the Packers-Patriots uh, Super Bowl. The four times, the three that I remember, it has been three of the sweetest moments of my adult life. And another thing, the Chiefs will see it as a victory if they even get to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's how lowly they are. I don't want them to have uh, any sort of satisfaction. It's a victory to them that they're playing in the AFC championship, that they're playing for the Lamar Hunt trophy, uh, which is, (laughs) by the way, uh, an AFC championship game has never taken place in Arrowhead, uh, despite, you know, how, how much of a prestigious organization they are. This is the first time the, the, the trophy that's named after uh, their owner, the guy that coined the term Super Bowl. The Super Bowl has done, you know, the word Super Bowl and Chiefs have not been used in the same sentence uh, since 1970. Okay. First of all, I look forward to the challenge of sparring with Chiefs fans who actually have some ammo to debate with. Second of all, every, all fa- every group of fans suck. They all have the, that loud group of assholes on Twitter. But most of the fan base... It's actually pretty cool. Like, one thing I've learned from both Patriots fans and Chiefs fans who watch my channel is uh, you shit on them enough, and in a creative enough way, they will respect it. 
And so in that way, I have to give, give them both. I, the, look, there are a lot of, you're right. There are a lot of Chiefs fans that watch your videos and actually a lot of Chiefs fans, uh, judging by the comments uh, and, and Twitter that listen to this show. Uh, and I don't think, you know, Chiefs fans, uh, if you would like, please sound off on Twitter or in the comments. But I, I don't think they would uh, appreciate it if we were rooting for them because I know they would not be doing the same thing uh, if the roles were reversed, which uh, they have been twice. In, okay, in that's fair. I'll put a poll out at some point on YouTube and be like, yeah. if I'm going to root, they, I don't think I'm they want root for the Chiefs, if the situation were, were reversed and the Broncos were playing the Patriots again, would you root for the Broncos? That's a good point. Um, here's the thing. Patriots fans can get worse. If they, if, they, if, they, if they lose the Super Bowl, fine. But guess what, that, guess what happens then, Will? They've lost five Super Bowls. What club does that put them in? Uh, ours. Yeah, the Denver Broncos have the fucking record for most Super Bowl losses. One I personally don't want to share with the Patriots. Do not want to share that with the gladly. Patriots. I'll gladly. I'll take it. If Belichick and Brady get a sixth ring, it's like you, can, you can't wait. You're not ever going to get to have a fun debate about goat status of anything ever, ever again. Uh, I will let the Chiefs go to that Super Bowl. I will happily let the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl over the Patriots. Also, I lived in Wichita, Kansas for six years around Chiefs fans. Nobody fucking hated the Chiefs more than I did. If the Broncos lost on Sunday, I didn't want to go to school on Monday to deal with fucking Chiefs fans, especially when they lost to the Chiefs and if the, the Chiefs had won that day. Uh, I hated the Chiefs more than any team in the NFL from 1997 to until I moved to uh, San Diego <laughs> and realized that the Chargers fans were really annoying to be around during uh, uh, Broncos games. Yeah. Um, so, but I also have a lot of friends who are still Chiefs fans and they're good oh, people. I don't like the, no I don't, I don't like where this is, I don't like where this is going if I can I see like them where this is going. if I no, can see their no, joy of no, beating the no, Patriots no. I'm going to support it I'm going to no 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 what's the opposite of an ad hominem argument is it pro hominem you just used it and I don't like that no also honestly I think the, the best Super Bowl game would be a Rams-Chiefs rematch. I, I don't disagree with that. In terms of game, like just take out the, the teams. but Yeah, I don't disagree uh, with that. Like after that game, like half, of the, half the comments were like, oh my God, I wish this was the Super Bowl. I wish this <laughs> game was the Super Bowl. That was the greatest <laughs> football game I have ever seen in my life. Done. Uh, interesting. Honestly, uh, a better game was probably the Patriots coming back against the Falcons. <laughs> like, that's the craziest shit I've ever seen in a Super Bowl, and I hated every second of it. I fucking it was the worst, one of the worst games of my life. But that was like, I don't know. So, 
the real answer to the question is I'm right and you're wrong. Well, I, uh, you'd like to think that, um, no, there, there's a lot of passionate people telling me to fuck off for saying I'm going to root for the chiefs. <laughs> I think I might be one of them. <laughs> Look like your, your argument before, uh, it feels like there's a lot of like actors that are chiefs fans too. You're like Paul Rudd, David Koechner, uh, oh, Koechner well, is too, huh? Jason Sudeikis, I Eric think is a chiefs Stone fan. Street. Eric Stone street. Look, I, I like all of them, but fuck them this week. I don't care. I hope Those they are funny guys. I, I agree. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I hope they thing. cry. And Here's I hope the other thing, Will. Most of the most Chiefs fans live in Kansas and Missouri. That's like a punishment they have to deal with no, every no, day no, no, of their no. life. Yeah, I have lived there. I know. I don't, and I don't like that as an argument. I don't like that. Boston, from everything I hear, is a pretty cool city. So. Look, I don't think we're going to see eye to eye you on this You want to see Bill Simmons with more fucking fuel to talk shit? I don't think they care. I don't think they care Portland? that much. Oh, they care. They fucking I don't care. think they honestly do care as much as Chiefs fans care. Oh. They, I, can tell you, I can tell you right now, they would not derive uh, half the amount of joy from their sixth Super Bowl or eighth, whatever, ninth Super Bowl appearance with Brady uh, than the Chiefs fans would with one. And I don't like to see Chiefs fans happy. If the Chiefs I don't like to see either of them happy, but I don't like to see the Chiefs fans happy. They're, they're going to lose. If the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, they're probably not going to lose. I think. I see. I, I actually disagree. I think the Chiefs, if they get there, uh, are a better matchup uh, than the Patriots would be for either two. I actually think the Chiefs would have a better chance of winning uh, than the Patriots. I don't care. Like every the Chiefs, the okay, the Patriots beat up on the Chargers. They beat up on the Chargers at home. I don't think this suddenly makes them better than the eleven and five team that they were in the regular season. I don't think this changes things that much that they're suddenly the favorite again. And I know I'm playing right into the hands of the the, the Brady people. You the just, people like Brady and Julian Edelman. You're gonna get destroyed. <clears throat> the problem is. We just, lost, we just watched them lose to Nick Foles last year. Yeah, I know. That was last year. Right now, their defense right now is playing better than it was last year. Their who's, run the best, game, who's the best quarterback that Brady's beat in the Super Bowl? Donovan McNabb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and I'm taking Kurt Warner out of, out of the uh, equation because they they mauled their receivers all game and, and yeah. didn't call uh, <laughs> didn't call legal contact for oh, that Kurt, specific. Kurt game. Warner has he has one of the highest uh, postseason like QB passing ratings. Him and Drew Brees are up there. Um, yeah. The, the 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 problem New England's defense is playing very good right now. The running game yeah. is the same as it was last year. Like. Just replaced Dion Lewis's production with Sony Michelle's, and uh, you the X like Tom Brady has to have kind of a bad game, like we saw him do this season, and now they're saying, "Oh, he was playing through an MCL sprain, so that's why he looked shitty for a while." But the Chiefs can beat the Patriots if their defense plays like it did last week. If their oh, pass rush, well, they'll beat anybody if their defense played like uh, it did last week. If their pass rush works. 
uh, and it, like the like between D Ford and Houston and uh, it's Chris Jones, right? Yeah. I always can never remember his name because it's so like plain. Basic. Jones. Yeah, simple. Um, and Eric Berry was uh, a full participant in practice this week, so maybe that helps. But I still like the reason. I feel like the Patriots will win this weekend is because I'm not sold the chiefs defense as is as good as it's been playing. Whereas I think the Patriots defense is that good. Interesting. No. And I think, uh, I think that the Patriots and this is, you know, not going out of a limb, but I think they'll be able to take advantage of a chiefs defense that has a lot of weaknesses much better than than the Colts were able to do. Uh, other than that, though, I'm I'm taking the Chiefs, uh, and that's pretty much purely because it's uh, in Arrowhead. And you know, I was thinking about this too, but it's kind of a uh, a sliding doors moment where I took so much joy uh, in that Dolphins game where they beat the Patriots. Right uh, on the on the last second lateral play, that might end up being my downfall as as a person who's cursed the the Kansas City Chiefs this season, because uh, without that play, this game is being played in Foxborough as opposed to Arrowhead. Wow, you because the you Patriots have the head to head. My joy, yeah. I think obviously, uh, what's that? No, I didn't say anything. What would you laugh at? I was laughing at my own misfortune. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the difference is uh, the, the Patriots are going to have to cover a lot longer than they did against Phillip Rivers. Um, I mean, that's like Patrick Mahomes is a good quarterback on script, and he's just as good, if not a better quarterback off script. and. Uh, I think if Kansas City has success, it's it's because like they they can do things on offense that you can't really plan for. You know what I mean? And I feel like yep. that's how the Patriots are successful is they have a plan. Their players execute that plan because if they don't, they are executed, and yes. it's just like the way it fucking is there. So uh, I'm gonna pick the Patriots. So okay, so you have. Because you have a Saints-Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. I like that matchup. Uh, I have I, a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl. That would also be a very good matchup, as we saw earlier. Uh, I don't think there's a bad matchup out of um, – I'm, I'm not a math guy, but I think there's uh, – I'm going to go with four different possibilities here. And Marcus Peters playing against the, his old team in the Super Bowl. Another fun storyline. Yep. No, there's storylines, uh, I think, either way. So, the, the, obviously, you could have um, Saints, Chiefs. Which I think that's just a good football game. I don't know if there's uh, any big storylines, uh, obvious storylines to be had. You could have Rams, Patriots, which would be a, a rematch of, of 2001. Um, and that would kind of be uh, – actually, now that I think about it, that would be terrible – uh, if that was the last uh, Brady Super Bowl that he won, and then people would be talking about circularity and all those things. But if they lost, which I think they would, 
then that would be kind of nice. Um, and you have, uh, let's see. Mm, nope, uh, there's two others, but you know, I think about at the moment. My brain's not Saints, working. Saints Patriots. Yeah, Saints Patriots. That's a great game with with two Rams, old quarterbacks. Saints. Oh yeah, yeah, 80, 81 combined years of age. No, between not Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady. <laughs> oh yeah, the super old dudes. Super yes. old dudes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah, I like all of these. Anyway, it should be good football. Uh, last weekend was good football. This weekend will be good football, and then we have the Super Bowl. Was it really good football last weekend? I don't know if it was. I thought so. Yeah, to be fair. I, well, I should the, say... The Patriots-Chargers game was not good football. No, I wouldn't argue that the Colts-Chiefs game was good football either. The Chiefs played, the Chiefs played good football. The Chiefs did play good football. Two games were uh, good, two games were bad. I have no idea if the Rams-Cowboys game was good because it was good to me because... I recorded it and watched it in about 90 minutes. Uh, which no, that was I a good game. A test. That's a, a better way to watch football if you can. And the Saints game was good. Saints-Eagles was good. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good game. All uh, right. Let's hope we get two good ones this weekend. We will. Probably. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, you made it through a podcast with two co-hosts that co-hosted the shit out of it. And thank you sure for joining did. us. Bye. Adios.